Have you ever wanted to drop out of college, move to Las Vegas, start your own business and live your dream? This is 365 Tech. Today, I've got John Simmerlink on the show. John was on 365 Tech a couple weeks ago to give us a live example of how to use the Memory Palace technique to learn more quickly and effectively. Today, John's going to be filling us in on how he's been doing in Las Vegas and what he's learned so far. Hey, I'm doing really well. Let me, um, let me get headphones on this. I was trying to do speakerphone, but it's all quiet. Give me about 30 seconds. No problem. Yeah, John, it's been a couple weeks since I had you on the show. I think when you were talking about the memory palaces, that was kind of the first time we really got to sit down and talk. And since then, you, I've kind of been hanging out waiting for the summer to start yeah yeah i I guess i have been all over the place um yeah that that was great getting to the memory palaces with you um i I think i think you said your podcast is now focused on ai um yeah we transitioned a little bit more to collaborative ai because in my opinion especially after the the hackathon that both of us were at uh hack ai I feel like AI is really here and it's now up to people with domain knowledge to apply artificial intelligence to the specific domains where it can really be applied. And I think the best way for people to really start doing that is to create an open conversation where everybody can be a part of it and everybody can really decide how we want to shape our artificially intelligent future. Absolutely. I, I love it. I'm, um, this is, I swear it's like we're, we're safe somehow. I literally just started, um, each morning reading a book on AI or part of a book on AI. I just said, look, not even if I'm going to go on AI, I just need to learn something each morning. How about I do machine learning and AI? So like seven minutes every morning, I just read a little bit of a stats machine learning textbook. Um, wow. Kind of interesting that we both made that switch around the same time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we have. Right. What, what's the name of the book you're reading right now? Or do you jump between books every day? I'm, I'm just doing, it's like a textbook. So I do like exercises and stuff. It's a machine learning and pattern rec- pattern recognition by Bishop. Um, Bishop is the last name. Forget the first name. Um, it's a hard read, man. I got through like first day. I probably spent twenty minutes on it. I get through like four pages before I got stuck and had to Google something. Like I'm having to think <laughs> about it. <laughs> you know, that's you're one of the few people that I can actually compare reading lists to. One thing I don't do is read academic textbooks, and I think you're only the second person I've ever met that reads academic textbooks in their free time. Is, Dude, this is this, this is my the first time, time you've I, done that. I'm trying to. I mean, all these cool pop science books we read, they're good, but the knowledge is kind of shallow, and anyone can pick up that knowledge in, you know, a few hours of reading. After I read Deep Work by Cal New- Newport, he talks about the importance of deep knowledge knowledge that builds upon things that are hard to understand. So that's what I'm trying to get into now. You got me to actually write down that book on uh, deep work. The book I'm working through right now is by Chick Zen Mihaly called Flow, The Psychology of Optimal Experience. Yeah, I, I'm absolutely loving that. The idea of like getting into some really deep work, isolating yourself, giving yourself a real challenge and finding that finding that balance between the amount of challenge and the uh, what's the other shoot? I can't even remember the other axes of that graph, but just to enable flow and get the optimal experience at all times. Is that similar with deep work? 
Um, deep work is just more about the importance of uh, doing, it, it does actually talk about the book flow, but it's about just doing hard things that are rare and valuable. Okay. Um, okay. And it, it does talk about flow. So like, but what did, what did the author say? You need three things to get into flow. I, I have a memory palace for this. Um, the memory palace is on my foot. Um, you need clear goals, um, immediate feedback, and a mixture between challenges and skill level. So if you have those three yep. elements, you get into flow. Yep. Wow. So it really is that easy for you to recall those memory palaces. Not all of them. I forget a large percentage of them. And uh, there's actually, I read through some papers on memory. And there's, um, there's some math behind it. It's called the forgetting curve. And people talk about the forgetting curve, but very few people quantify it. And you can, you can come up with some interesting conclusions if you quantify memory. So be before I forget, how have you been doing in Las Vegas? You've been there for what, two weeks now, maybe three? Yeah, I moved here April 11th. Um, so almost, or I got here probably the 12th. So it's been, um, been almost two weeks. Um, it's kind of a spur of the moment decision. I was talking to one of my friends. His name is Stephen Leo. I think we mentioned him before. Uh, he recently just got an entrepreneurship or dropped out of college, got an entrepreneurship, uh, somehow made it big within like his first year. So now he has lots of successful friends. One of his successful friends, his name is Jaden Gross. He does e-commerce. He's like a king at e-commerce, like literally making huge amount of money from it. He gets, he gets consulting offers from like Fortune 500 companies for like $25,000 an hour. So um, Stephen was telling me, look, learn e-commerce. If you get stuck, you can ask my friend Jaden for help. Um, so I actually just had like a three-hour tutorial with Jaden um, a couple days ago, uh, watching him set up a store. So he makes it look really easy on how to set up an e-commerce store. And then I try and do it. I'm like, this actually isn't as easy as it looks. Um, but that's what I'm doing right now. I'm trying to do e-commerce. Uh, there are all these like scammy looking videos on YouTube of people claiming they make like six figures a month from it. Um, apparently like 99% of people fail about it, fail doing it. Um, and I'm trying to be one of that percent that actually make money from it. Uh, I don't necessarily need to make six figures. My goal is just to make like 3000 a month so that I can survive and have passive income then work on other projects. So yeah, uh, that, that's kind of update of the past couple of weeks. Um, we can talk more about drop shipping, maybe drop shipping and AI. Uh, but what are you thinking? Yeah, so drop shipping, I was doing a little bit of Googling and I did a little bit of research on that course that, uh, that you had recommended. Yeah. And it kind of seems like drop shipping is like a puzzle piece that you can work into an existing system. It's like a philosophy of, of how to deliver your goods to your customers more than like a technology or a new thing. It's, kind of an idea that has been around for a while but could you kind of introduce and give what your take specifically on drop shipping is absolutely yeah i i know i know next to nothing about this i think i made my decision to get into drop shipping like around april 1st um sent not a joke what was an april fool's day it was an actual decision <laughs> um, so the essentially what you do is you buy products from china and you sell them to people in america for more money the cool part is it's drop shipping, meaning you don't have to store any inventory. You ship the product directly from the supplier to your customer. The downside is because you aren't storing any inventory and because you're shipping overseas and because you're trying to keep um, your costs low, 
the shipping usually takes 13 through 20 days. Um, so what you have to do is, you know, really make sure your customers know the shipping takes a long time. So that, that's a business model. You don't store any inventory. And the benefit of that is you get to do lots of AB tests. If you talk to all the successful uh, drop shippers, they say, look, don't fall in love with the product, fall in love with the process. What do you want to do is, you know, put up ads for certain products you have. You know, you find some product from a supplier in China, you put an ad for it, you see people are interested. And then let's say if someone is interested in your product, you ship it to them. You don't actually have to buy the product until people hit the, but hit the buy button. So what you do is you spend like between $20, $50 running ads on each product, seeing which ones, you know, are successful or not. And theoretically within testing 10 products, maybe hundred products, you find some product that is a big one. Um, so if you do the math on that, let's say you test 50 products, you have to spend $50 of ads per product. It might take you $2,500 to find a product that is a winner that has high profit margin, that has demand and that you can start fulfilling a lot of orders for. Uh, to a lot of people on YouTube watching these videos, these claims of how to get rich, they're like, oh, dropshipping is a scam. I have to spend a few thousand dollars uh, to find a successful product. Well, if you think about it, if you want to start a plumbing company, you know, any other company, you're going to have to like buy a license, buy physical inventory, spend like $10,000 before you even make your first sale. Uh, so essentially the benefit of dropshipping is because you don't have to store inventory, you can perform all these A-B tests to find good products quickly. I had a friend who was working with me at my last company out in Chicago. It was a startup called Uptake. He was in his 40s and he was hired onto the company because of a process that sounds similar. What he had talked about in our entrepreneurship group was that he would go and he would come up with a couple, anytime he would have an idea, he would write it down. And then he would go home, spin up a website, a marketing website in like 10 minutes because he had little templates. And then he would pay some money in Google ads and mostly Google ads, but also Facebook and Instagram to just see how many people are driving to that website. And when they click the buy now button on his website, it would say, okay, you've been, uh, you'll be notified when we have it in stock. We don't actually have anything in stock right now. And it was more a false, false uh, landing page. But with yours, it sounds like you can actually buy those products. So has, yeah. uh, is that aspect of drawing customers to you? are you um, needing to set up these marketing websites or is there an easier way for you to get them to click that buy now button through Amazon or an existing system? Yeah, you can, you can test your products out on Amazon or Etsy or eBay. Um, that's not the route I'm taking. That's not the route other people have recommended to me. Uh, through people have recommended me is you shut up, you set up a Shopify store, use a plugin called Oberlo, use like 10 other Shopify plugins. And then you run a few Facebook ads to your website. You buy a domain. Um, so you, you, you set up your own, your own website. And the reason why you want to be selling from your own website rather than Amazon is because Amazon will beat you on price. Um, it's a fact. The only way you can compete on is essentially marketing. Um, so you create like a niche site, like a site that's only about like coffee mugs that are related to music and you sell a bunch of coffee mugs with like mini guitars attached to them or something. Um, and you create like this specialty site and charge a higher markup. Um, there, there is something called fulfillment by Amazon where Amazon will, where you can sell the product on Amazon site. And some people have found big success with that as well. Um, I just haven't looked into it that much right now. Now you brought up a little bit ago 
potentially being able to use artificial intelligence in your e-commerce business or just in general with dropshipping. Can you speak a little more on that? Yeah, well, so long-term, I think AGI will exist. So I think um, long-term, anything that humans can do, machines will eventually be able to do. But I think within the next five years, you know, excluding AGI, there could be a lot more room for AI and e-commerce. And there already is already. I mean, Amazon for sure is using AI all over the place. Um, but I was watching these tutorials, these videos online, and they give you this really formulaic process. Like, you know, do certain types of Google searches, Amazon searches, Etsy searches to find products that meet certain categories. And then look through Facebook audiences under like Facebook business tools, find certain audiences that like certain, um, you know, that meet certain demographics and, you know, like certain pages, match two together, and then make an image with text in this location with this type of emotional words. They, they, they just, the, the, the drop shippers and the successful e-commerce people, they have it down to a system. And systems can be automated uh, whether just your code and the decision-making process of, you know, finding which products are good, which products are not good, that can all be done through classification and machine learning. Um, maybe I'm just over-optimistic, but I, I don't see it being impossible for someone to set up an automated tool that just spins up a bunch of Shopify websites uh, and does drop shipping. Hmm. Um, maybe full end-to-end -end automation wouldn't be possible or wouldn't be, you know, cost-effective. But I think, you know, decent chunks in the chain could be automated more so than they are today. That is cool to be able to have just the individual piece that I'm picking out of that is the ability to have an artificial intelligence that figures out what your next product is going to be and to be able to do that A-B testing for you so that you can spend a little bit more time just working on other aspects of your chain while you have an AI that's doing that part for you. Right. And, and part of me wonders why maybe Facebook or Google don't have like a Shopify division like under them. Cause I mean, all the data that, you know, us e-commerce people get, it's using Facebook ads, it's using Google ads. And we have to, you know, run some experiments to get that data. Facebook already has it. So, I mean, theoretically they could just kind of like replace and overtake like all the Shopify websites out there. Wow, just with one foul swoop, Facebook says we're going to be the e-commerce go-to. Just knock I mean, everything out. I mean, I, I guess they could. I mean, obviously there's a lot more steps to that. And that's not really part of their business model. Um, so what's the biggest challenge for, for you coming into e-commerce? Like, this has been a relatively new change for you within the past few months to, to come into this. And you've been learning really fast and you've learned a lot. What would you say has been a, a big challenge or roadblock in your path towards making this a success for you? Yeah, so I mean, it's definitely not a success yet. I have made zero dollars. don't even have a site up yet. Though I, I'm kind of close to it. Um, I mean, details aside, I think the main thing I've been struggling with is actually being on task these couple of weeks. Whenever I switch to a new environment, I like my productivity just kind of disappears. Like it takes me a few weeks to get in a routine. I get on my phone, I get on my laptop, I get distracted. Um, so I, I was actually just thinking about this the other day. Uh, so when I was reading the book Deep Work, yeah, I think I told you about this before. He talks about this concept of residual attention, meaning anytime you start some task and whether you finish it or don't finish it, it still takes a part of your attention. So if you, you know, work on one project and work on another project, um, when you're working on project two, you're still going to be thinking about, about a bit about project one. So a, a few weeks ago, I also took up a contracting opportunity. Um, and then I've also been helping 
my friend Steven's company with some programming and then um, trying to do dropshipping as well. So right now I'm like fraction and, and I was trying to um, run marketing for this startup in Columbus. So I'm, my, my attention is kind of fractured between four things right now, which kind of like, you know, dilutes your motivation in a way. Um, and, and going on to that like residual attention concept, I, I was literally, I literally just ran into this two days ago. I was really motivated. I was, I was working on some programming tasks and then I opened up my phone and, you know, instantly curiosity that this, this the Garnick effect kicked in, which means like tasks that you start, uh, you want to finish them. And I found that once I opened my phone, you know, I wanted to keep using my phone and my motivation for that increased. Uh, and, you know, my motivation for programming, whatever it had been, had decreased. Um, so I figured, all right, all I got to do is keep my residual attention focused on my most important task. Don't let it get poisoned by like opening up my phone or opening up Reddit or anything. Um, so, I mean, it sounds simple. I'm just, I, essentially I'm saying I need focus on not getting off task and there's certain obvious techniques like not opening up your phone that'll help you stay on task. Um, and then reading some of these books like Deep Work or is giving me like more explanatory knowledge specifically in how the process of staying on task Definitely remember you talking to me about residual attention. I remember I caught myself thinking about it yesterday as I was uh, jumping. I'm reading three books right now. And one way I've tried to use residual attention to my benefit is I'll read a book like Flow. I'll read 25 pages of that. And then I'll jump into the work that I need to do for a while. And then I'll pick up another book and I'll read that. And then I'll jump into doing some work for a while. That way, whatever book I was reading, whatever the knowledge was that I was getting from that kind of rolls over. Because you were saying that residual attention does that, right? As you transfer between tasks, part of your mind is still working on that old task that you left behind when you're transitioning. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so that residual attention, I definitely need to pick up that deep workbook once I finish reading Flow because I feel like I'm going to really dig a lot of the work concepts that they have in there. Before you go, do you have any other... Uh, any tips or comments for other people out there who are looking to get either more into e-commerce or into drop shipping specifically? Um, I would, some people I'm watching online who break it down pretty well are Alex Becker. I bought a course from the Dropship Club. Um, the, I think the YouTube channel is called Wholesale Ted. And then I also bought a course from Ecom Experts. Or it might, might, what was it called? Ecom Elites? I think I sent you the link. Yeah, e-com elites. Yeah, e-com elites. Um, so essentially what I'm trying to do is, you know, shell out a few hundred dollars up to like a thousand dollars total on education. Where you think, oh, that's a waste of money. You could find all this information on YouTube or the internet for free. Uh, but I think that's a bad idea for two reasons. One is um, you actually won't find all the information on the internet for free. So, some of the things in these courses or these mentors, uh, like I was just talking to Jaden Gross the other day. He actually has things that none of these courses I paid money for talk about. There is hidden knowledge, and sometimes you have to pay for that hidden knowledge. Uh, but two, uh, you, could, you could do trial and error. You could watch some free things online and maybe spend four months messing around. And then maybe by watching a course or buying a course, you cut that learning curve down to two months. Well, if, if you value your time highly, well, most people would value themselves at worth more than $1,000 for two months. So if you can save, shave two months off your learning curve for $1,000, I think it's worth it. Cool. Thank you for coming on the show and bringing your expertise and experience. Wish you the best of luck in Vegas. And I have a feeling I'm going to be talking to you more in the future. Thanks, man. Yeah, I, I definitely want to yeah, keep talking with you. Maybe do business one day. 
John is one of my favorite people to have on the podcast. He is constantly reading, constantly questioning what the mainstream is thinking, and always willing to change his life drastically in order to make his goals happen. He's a very connected man, and I love the conversations he has with other people, which is why he's always welcome on the show. For everybody else, if you want to be on the 365 Tech Collaborative AI podcast, I am looking for you. We are looking for you. We need people who are not in tech, people who have business and domain experience in other domains, fields like healthcare, fields like music, fields like education. You're the people who need to be having the conversation on artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence is going to be impacting all of us in some way or another. We're getting there. That's what this show has been proving. If you are interested in coming on the show, message me, find me on Twitter, Instagram, at Sweetman Tech. And I would be more than happy to bring diverse sets of opinions onto the show.